guys, KO here. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive, radical social evolution, and we are going to be doing just that today. I am welcoming Troy McTeer to the TNT mic. He's coming in from South Africa, and he is the secret weapon to the world's most successful entrepreneur and ultra-high-performing individuals consumed with intense pressure to perform at the highest level. He's known as the Anomaly Architect, working exclusively with industry leaders, illuminating the illusion of their minds to destroy the addiction to mediocrity and conformity. So we are going to be going into all things mental prowess, core values, and living in your truth. This is a deep conversation, so you might need to hit rewind, but this is where the world is going, which is such a good thing. We have evolved consumers and kiddos and education system and everything uh, changing in 2021. We are at a graceful disruption point, and this is all good news. So enjoy this conversation. Be sure to check us out wherever you get your podcasts and check out all the video on our YouTube channel. Troy, thank you for joining me. I can't wait to see where your practice goes. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I'm excited today as I always am because this is such a pleasure, but I have a connect of a connect. If you listen to Turmeric and Tequila, you know, those are some of my favorites we are going to have a super interesting conversation today. If you've been listening this past month, I've had this running theme of conversation around high achievers and how we kind of wrangle our inner drive and inner desires. And this one is along those same lines. So universe is speaking right now, but I'm going to be welcoming Troy McTeer to the mic. He's the anomaly architect. Now this is a lot to unpack. I'm going to read his bio really quickly, but as you know, I let my guests explain themselves in their own words, but this is a super fascinating bio and I'm so excited to have this conversation, but here's a quick 411 on Troy. Troy is the secret secret weapon to the world's most successful entrepreneurs and ultra high performing individuals consumed with intense pressure to perform at the highest level. He is the anomaly architect working exclusively with, uh, Animal, animalistic industry leaders. I don't know if I said that correctly. Illuminating the illusions of their minds to destroy the addiction of mediocrity and conformity, leading them to achieve extreme mental and, and emotional prowess by unlocking their unique master, their unique master sovereignty. He has the ability to see beyond the illusion of the mind, illuminating the truth and commanding conformity to leave its post. Troy, welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. Let's unpack all of that. Thank you, Kristen. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here with you. So yeah, yeah. Well, what do you want to know from well, from that? Did I unpack it? I know it was, it was, I'm not the best reader or louder, um, but it was, I, I, but I can, I comprehend what you're saying, but this is like, you're speaking to my internal, like competitive heart of like, you're just, I mean, it's never really enough, but before we get into the minutia of the, the now, let's talk about the how, like how, give me a little bit about young Troy, your background, and then we can get into how this all became what it is. Okay, perfect. So, so I, yeah, so I call myself the anomaly architect and I work in the mental health to mental prowess space. Um, and I went through from a, a young boy, I suffered with um, depression and with anxiety um, from, from as young as I can, not really depression, but anxiety, being a very anxious child from very early on, always wondering if the doors were locked. We live in South in South Africa. So there's quite a there's quite a bit of fear about you know security and safety. So I had this um uh, 
this this absurd fear that someone's going to break in every night and i would check the doors as like an eight nine year old and i had this anxiety and that just built and built and um when i got into in, into sort of high school up to about 14 15 years old i started to feel like this sort of depression i didn't really enjoy school much and um i didn't understand what life was about i didn't understand why i was doing uh, or going to school we were we wore uniforms at, at, at school too, which was a very conforming, everyone was wearing a uniform, um, which I didn't understand. I don't know why I had to do that. And um, wh- one day I asked my parents um, at the lunch table, I, I said, I said, hey guys, just tell me now, what is this life thing about? I'm going to go to school and I'm being like pushed, I was pushed, pushed to get good, good, good um, pushed to get good grades. If I didn't get good grades, I was in trouble. Um, you know, because the perception of society is that that, that this child's not doing well, and you're not going to get be um, be able to to get into a good university. So I I wanted to know what this life thing was about for me. Working so hard and getting these grades, what is it going to get me? So so I'd observed life and I'd seen their friends and themselves and that. So I said, okay, cool. So I I work at school now. I am. Uh, I I get a good or I get good grades. I get into a good university. I meet a woman there, you know, I fall in love. I then um, uh, graduate from the university. I I did accounting and finance, and then I get a good job in a um, corporate that pays me a salary. That I get two weeks leave a year, and um, then I get married. And then if I'm lucky enough, I make enough money that I get you know, maybe a two-week holiday, I can maybe go go overseas, and then I come back and work again for for, for someone else, have two kids, um, get a dog, get a nice house, pay a bond off, um, and then you know go on holiday again, and then maybe climb the corporate ladder, and then become CEO perhaps, or start my own business, and um, when I'm older, and then retire to take all the money I've worked for, and then go and enjoy my life, and then die. And they're like, yeah. That's pretty much what life is about. And I was like, fuck that. This is not for me. And in that moment, I realized something about the people, even though it's my family, and they provided me with a great life, um, is that people will conform and they will do what everyone else has done to be safe and to make sure they don't upset the apple cart. And um, I didn't like that. I wanted to to experience life to its fullest, even though I didn't understand that then. But I had this desire in me to experience life to the fullest. And I got construct or constricted and constrained into a certain box. And I had to do certain things, get the good grades, go to university, you know, must get married before 30, must do this, must have children. And I, I just didn't un- understand what the point of that was. I wasn't happy inside, but I did conform in order to make my parents happy, you know, and um, to fit into society. And then when I got to to university, I just decided this is not for me. I was doing accounting and I failed multiple times because uh, I didn't enjoy it. And I was getting more and more depressed and I didn't know why. And um, I didn't go into any meds then, but I was in this state of like limbo and just doing this accounting degree and was terrible. And I uh, went to go work at an audit firm, auditing. And I'm not, if you know me, I'm not an auditor. Like, like I enjoy excitement. And um, then I was working as an audit firm. Um, I found poker, um, which was ma- which, which was earning me. Well, I, I learned about it first. I played play money games, and I got very good at it. And I 
and I created like a part-time business for myself, like a side hustle for this job. And I was getting, I was earning eight times more playing poker monthly than I was from this job. So I was like, this is it. I'm done. So six months after the six months into to this job, I decided that's it. And I resigned to play poker for a living, much to the dismay of my family and friends and people in the same industry as me. And oh my God, Troy, you're wasting your mind and all this crap. But it was my first sort of thing of rebellion. Um, and then and and then from from that point, I I started to to sort of come into my own. And I was like, okay, what do I actually want to do? Ask sort of ask myself these questions, but I had no idea. And I kept on kept on trying and trying and trying and eventually um poker got the best of oh, it's the lifestyle got the best of me I, I was put on mass amounts of weight i was drinking too much got involved in in um in cocaine and got more depressed and i was highs and lows and, and then i left that and then i hit a depression um when i was working in property and that's where i really sort of understood what what depression was and and how easily you could fall into it by conforming to a lifestyle or even rebelling. So I was rebelling, not from a place of power, but from a place of weakness um, to show people like, fuck you. And uh, that was not a, that's not a good intention. So, 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 so my life was this, this sort of conforming sort of life. And then I broke out and I still had this depression. I didn't understand why. And then that's what led me into a treatment center where I was put into four walls. Literally, it was like, it was like a prison or I put myself into this, um, this treatment center due to suicidal ideation, uh, depression, clinical anxiety, all these diagnoses that they told me I had, which I later learned were just things that they need to tell you to put you in a box to give you medication and for um, drug addiction, even though I wasn't addicted to drugs, it was a, also a label that they put onto me. I was just literally, I was living someone else's life. I was living a lie and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And through that process in that, in that state, I, I found out what I needed to do was take responsibility for myself. And it's the hardest thing to do because you have to be honest with yourself. Why is your life not working? Why is this not happening? Where do you actually want to go and not just fit in and just tick a box and be in a job and get paid a salary and, you know, um, uh, live life and exist. I wanted to thrive, but my, my quest for thriving put me into a deep depression, which I came out of um, very, very, quickly compared to what they said I would. They said I'd be on meds my entire life and I got off my meds after 10 months. Um, and I was on some serious med some serious medication. I just didn't believe that it was good for me. And I, and I went down a very dark place on that medication. So that's like my basic sort of background from a kid and this whole sort of depression and, thing, and, then, and then understanding the mental health industry when I was in it. And this is why I've got to where I want to, where I am now, where I want to revolutionize the mental health industry and 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 just make the unconscious conscious of of what is actually happening in the mental health industry. Yes. Well, before we get into that, I, I want to ask a couple of questions here because I think this is a really powerful story. And ironically, when you're talking about addiction and treating it, and the addiction runs in my family, so I've seen it up close and personal, and it's it's something I would wish upon no one, and even my worst enemy because it's it's just so hard, particularly when it's something socially acceptable like food or alcohol or something that we do on the daily. So even though they were saying you were an addict and you weren't, on the flip side, I actually think conformity is an addiction, and it's living outside of those. Um, 
on two work and tequila, I say reality is nothing more than prescribed meaning. So that means like, you know, we call this chair because I was told it was a chair. That's a computer because it's told us computer. So you bring that to a deeper level. I, this is happiness. You know, as you were saying, a uh, husband and a wife, two kids, a, a good job and you vacation for two weeks a year. And that should be enough. Like there's this very constructed reality of what we should be living. And to me, it's almost like when you get used to that and you start to get affirmations of like, good job, you got your degree. You now you have, you got married, you got your kids. I think it can almost be an addiction to getting like those gold stars along the way. But you, a lot of people don't really check into their own well-being and happiness. And it, it's really, really hard. And I will consciously compare this to addiction to break free of chasing that conformed idealistic. Um, but it sounds like as a young human, you were kind of like chasing your own path just as, as a kiddo, you know, before we really know conformity or anything, like that's how you were. At what point did you really feel like even being like in the four walls and, and blocked up, what was like the real turning point of like, this is not going to work for me. And I'm going to go against the grain. Cause even hearing, it's one thing to hear conformity run from your parents, but like now doctors are prescribing you things and they're telling you your truth. How did you like be in that pivot point to truly take hold of your own life? Was it like a full breakdown or what was that turning point? Look, I, I, so it was it was a series of events that led up to one event and i think that so the me using drugs for years me um, um you know trying to trying to impress people trying to get approval from people me being depressed for probably four five six years and i didn't even know about it um or i because I thought I was just, you know, just a bit sad because everyone else around me was complaining about the same things. But everyone's basically got a little bit of depression then. But if I if I can pinpoint a moment where I was like, okay, cool, this this now has to change was when I was in this treatment center and I I had checked in on the Friday night and I actually asked if I could come back on Monday. <laughs> I was like, this is terrible. I want to come back on Monday. And they're like, no, sorry, you in. Can you do that? Yeah, yeah no, they're like, they're like, it's the weekend, Paul, and you <laughs> and you like like to party. So you can't go anywhere. So um, and I was there for three weeks. So I was the first night I was there, I remember lying in my bed and I and I and I shared with two other, other people. Um and and well, not the bed, but the room. And um, <laughs> um I started having uh, uh, what I what I found out later was a panic attack. I'd had panic attack. I'd had panic attacks before, but I didn't experience it to this level. And what what happened was I thought I was going to die. I literally thought I was, I was shaking. I had cold sweats. I didn't know what I was doing. And I walked out to the nurse's station and I said, "Listen, take me to the hospital. I'm dying. Like there's something happening. My heart was beating so fast." And and they looked at me and they laughed. And they're like, I've "Seen this before? You know, um, you're having a panic attack. Just relax." And I was like, no, this is not a panic attack. I've I've had those before. And I fell to the ground and I was breathing, like couldn't breathe, like sucking into my lungs. And and I lay on the ground and I was going a little bit, um, you know, you get those, those, those like little lights in your eyes. And I was like, holy shit, this is it. I'm going. Oh my God. And and I looked up and there's about eight to ten people around me just looking at me, people I don't know. And I'm in a foreign place in this on this cold floor, looking up, up at people. And I when I said to myself, and then I'm like, how the fuck did I get here? There was nothing in my life that was so bad. These people around me looking at me, they've got some serious stories. They've got some, they come from absolute abject poverty. And it was a humbling moment for me. And in that moment, I was like, I have to change something. They gave me a shot of Ativan and my bum. I relaxed, I calmed down. And from that moment, I was like, I have to do something. I did everything that they said to me in that treatment center, even though I don't agree with it now looking back. But in, in that 
in in that center i did the work and i and i and i took responsibility and that's the pillar that i've used throughout my entire life and with my clients the first step is to take massive personal responsibility and be honest with yourself so i was honest with, with myself i was like you did this no one else did this not the economy not the government not your mother not your father not 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 a pastor, not, not your friends, no one, it's you, you, I'm responsible for my results in my life. So that moment for me was the turning point where I thought something has to change. Otherwise, I'm going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, so I, I've heard about these like breakdown breakthroughs and I've actually never experienced a panic attack. I've had, I'm not really an anxious person. I do work out a lot cause it's my business and kind of how I grew up. So I, I feel like that's always kept my mental health at bay. Um, or a lot of times I'm just so smoked. I can't overly stress, but I will get, I, as life's gone on and, and so I'm a 40 year old single female entrepreneur. Like I'm kind of fighting a lot of these conformity things that I, and I have for a long time and at points in my life, I've had to be like, should I just get the full-time job? Should I, am I going to regret this at 50? You've never having kids or whatever. And so it's this constant battle. And I kind of go back to what I now call my spirituality and, and my own faith of like, you have to stay in alignment because like that on a much more shallow level, my body, when I'm out of alignment of stuff, I carry it. Like I can tell I'll get sore throats. I'll get super tired. Like my body will physically react to me being out of alignment. I didn't understand it until about five years ago. Um, and so it sounds like your body was literally like, that's it. Like we're either going to wake up and it's however you diagnose this. Like, I feel like our bodies and our minds, everything obviously connects, it will shut down where you can no longer handle it or fake it or put it all together. Um, in that, so two parts to this question, do you think your body, like it was a physical shutdown to like regain the mental and part two would be like, do you have faith? Are you religious? Like, was there some underlying spiritual or faith in it that kind of had that awakening or, or supplemented it? Yeah, so so I I I think you spot on there with regards to my body shutting down. Like my mind was going through all this stuff. Like, oh my god, like what have I done? I've literally about a I almost lost my my um, fiance at the time, my now wife. Thank God. Um, and um, I was in this place, and I thought I'd lost my friends. I thought I lost my family. I thought I lost it all. Um, and that that constant like negative barrage of thinking, like my thinking was negative the entire time. So my negative thoughts, like your thoughts create your emotions and your emotions are chemicals. So I was just flooded with cortisol and adrenaline and every other stress hormone you could think of. And I think you spot on there, my body shut down. And and you're in in that moment with regards to spirituality and 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 faith. Yes, I I've got I've got a very strong spiritual practice which which I use, which is truth. So I I, I use truth, but I'm not religious um, at all because that's also conformity. And I was brought up Catholic, and I didn't understand why the Catholic people didn't um, uh, would, wouldn't 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 see the Jewish people or the Muslim people as just people, they would, they would, there would be this divisiveness. And my whole thing is everyone needs to come together. So not a religious faith, but a spiritual faith in truth and that we are, we are given a gift to, to, to be in this world. And we've got a 400 million to one chance, I think of being conceived. So, so, so that's what sort of plays through my Like I've been given a gift. Why do you want to take your own life? And then I was like, there's no point. Like this is a gift. You've got to move through this. And that was the strength that I took in of like, you need to do this. And this is just, this is just part of your journey in this, in this life. And 
I took life so seriously. Now I see life as a game. Before I saw it as a struggle. And when you see life as a game, every obstacle is just the next level you have to get through to get to level two, to level three, to level four. And you keep on growing. If you're not growing, you're dying. So that's 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 what I use to sort of get through that. I love that. For anyone that's listening, um, and I, I love that you just said it was like, cause your, your mental does connect to your physical and that's a whole other podcast on like how like cortisol releases yeah. and everything. Um, but we'll stay in the shallow end of the pool for that. But long story short, again, your mental does impact physical and your emotions and cortisol and truth has a frequency. So when you're outside of your truth, like you can literally feel it in your body. So even if you're not into the science or the woo either side, I think anyone listening can know like when something just feels wrong. And if you just start there and understand that, that can be a good compass for your life of like, okay, let's pivot. Like this, doesn't feel right. Let's pivot. Or you're like us where I, I always say my varsity humans, we have to learn the hardest way. Like life has to take you all the way to the brink where it like fully kicks you in the face. And you're like, Oh, okay. Now I'm listening. Like now I get it because I think a lot of us will be like, I'll fix it. I'll try harder. I'll learn more. I'll, you know, I'll take another hit. I'll go out for the party. We'll figure it out tomorrow. Like you'll just kind of keep surviving until the, the world God universe Madonna, I always say whoops you and says, no, no, this is it. This is your, this is your point to choose. And that's when I really do think that faith or spirituality comes in. Cause it's pretty remarkable that you said you had this negative running mindset. And then all of a sudden that, you know, 1% or that one ounce of positive belief you had shined through and conquered everything else. And you could cling to that one positive thought to survive and to change. Exactly. I think, and it's, I mean, negativity is, 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 is so interesting. You know that there are, there are. I think there are double the negative words in any dictionary compared to positive words. Something like that. But negative. We are we are programmed to to be to keep ourselves safe, and and we are programmed just to survive. Okay. And when you program to survive, you you contract and you don't expand. And everyone has been living in fear for their whole lives. The last 18 months, whatever it is now, two years, I don't know. Everyone's been living in fear. Everyone's contracting. And when you're in that state of fear, you can't, you can't expand. You can't think. You can't be positive. I, well, I, don't, I, I, I don't believe in positive thinking. I don't, I don't believe in affirmations either because I don't believe aff affirmations are... are um, if you don't believe the affirmation, that thought doesn't get past your brainstem. So you need to do the internal work first to understand that that belief that you think you are like sitting in a sitting in a one bedroom apartment with a leaking fridge and no lights. You're going, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy. Is not going to make you wealthy. You need to you need to change that belief about what you are good at and what you can implement. Take action, and then you start to believe what you're saying. So the affirmation comes after the belief. Then they start to work, but people get it the wrong way around. So, and they try and force it. So I'm trying to force a habit. You can't force the habit. You've got to do the internal work first in your conditioning, your belief inside your beliefs system. So in, in that moment, perhaps, yes, I had one sort of like shining spark of like, okay, I can get out of this. And this is a challenge to me. I don't know what it is. I can't pinpoint it. And I never have been able to, but there was just something in me. It was probably survival. I was like, I'm not going to die. <laughs> and like, what can I do with my life? And I'm, and, and also in that moment, I was like, okay, I've got this far. Like I'm done doing accounting. I'm done doing um, finance and property. I'm done doing what people want me to do to, that's, that's perceived as perceived as being successful. What do I actually want to do? And in that moment, and then throughout that process, actually in the three weeks that I was there, I was helping people with their own stuff. 
although I didn't know that I was doing, I was being there, I was, I was seeing them and hearing them. And that's the number one thing human beings need. And I don't think that I wasn't seen and heard throughout my life. Um, although, and I, I mean, my mother still doesn't, doesn't really acknowledge me now, but I've got over that. It's not her fault. That's just how she is, right. you know, but it's my responsibility now to just get over that and continue my life and just live it my way. Cause I live in, I, 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 I have to live in my body, no one else's. So when you, you, so in that moment, I also accepted myself. Okay. I fucked up. Okay. I've done these bad things. You know, I've, I've lost a lot of money. I've done some stupid things. I've said some bad, some really bad things. You know, I've got myself in a really bad, form, but that's okay. Let me just own that shit and move forward. And once I owned it and I showed my parents, my life story, and like, there was some deep stuff in there. Cause you have to write, write this life story out about, you know, drugs and women and money and well, I lost money and friends and lying and all this shit. I, I was lied my entire life. Now my number one value is like tr the truth. Like I, 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 I can't live out of that truth. I'll, I'll tell people exactly what I think or believe, e even if it means a massive fallout. Um, and that's happened within my, my, within my family and some friends as well, which is fine because then you create space for the new as well. I don't know how we got there, but um, what question you should ask? <laughs> well, I, I mean, we were kind of just like talking about deviating from all the negative and clinging to that one positive that can pull you through and put you on the right path. And I, I want to point that out specifically because I think right now in 2021, we have a lot of people pivoting in their job, in their career, questioning their why, questioning their core values. Um, because I think we've had a year basically to pause and be like, calm the busy and be like, oh shit, I'm unhappy. I hate my life. I don't want to be doing this job. I Maybe I don't like my marriage, whatever it is. I mean, I, I've always kind of been on my own, done my entrepreneur situations. So I've always kind of marched to the beat of my own drum and I've gotten used to that. And that's taken some work over the years. Cause again, it was like fighting conformity, but I actually enjoyed quarantine and slowing down. Cause I was like, perfect. We can relax a little, like we've been going hundred miles and I know my world continues, but what was cool for me to see is how many of my friends were getting out of the corporate world. We're getting out of marriages or we're getting married. We're choosing to have a bit like everything kind of switched. And the baseline, which you so eloquently brought up was really about core values and taking responsibility. And I don't know if you label it that way, but really getting in touch yes. with yourself. And ironically, I've done a bunch of core value work. And my number one is um, honesty, like transparency. So truth, um, independence and creativity. Those are my top three. So I've kind of let those lead. And, and I love that truth is like your number one, because even if it costs you everything and it costs you those around you, at least you're standing in what's real. And I think that's really, really hard for people to grasp. Um, so tell me a little bit, you know, if people are listening and they're kind of like, they're, they're making a pivot, but they, maybe they haven't done core value work or taking personal responsibility. Uh, tell me how you, I mean, it sounds like you had this awakening and it, and it hit you, but tell me how you kind of had, took that responsibility. You said you wrote it out, shared it with your family, and then identified some of these core values or however you labeled it. How did you kind of get into your truth immediately? For anyone that's listening, do you have like a good step or a good like suggestion? Yeah, I, 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 I don't think there's like a, there's a, there's a, there's a one size fits all. It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's, it's about being aware and making new choices. Essentially. It's about being aware and making the choice. Like you can control your choices. You can control your beliefs. You can control your actions. Um, and you can control your thoughts and your feelings. That's about all we can control in our lives. So it's thoughts, beliefs, actions, choices, essentially. Okay. So, so, so when you start to realize that there's nothing outside, like we can't control quarantine, we can't control if they shut down, if this whole, if the whole world becomes 
whatever, you know, one world government and tyranny and all this shit is already, whatever's going on, cool, it's going to happen. But how are you going to respond to that? Okay. Yes, you can say no in the meantime. Okay. Let's not go there yet. But the thing is that you need to decide or anyone needs to decide what is important to them in their life. And they need to challenge their beliefs because your beliefs that you have are not your own. The things that you are thinking are not your own. We've adopted and surrendered to other people's beliefs and ideologies. And the, the way that you do it by taking responsibility is, I think if let's, yeah, this is it actually, is by interrogation, is by skepticism, by questioning your beliefs, questioning your actions, questioning your choices. And when you question it, you start to evolve and, and, and elevate into what I call, um, and what I do with my clients, the, the unlocking of original thought because everyone is is outsourcing their thinking and this is way before the pandemic right we the government whatever it's way before but you you outsource your thinking to your family to your friends to um uh, lecturers to teachers everyone outsource their thinking instead of understanding and asking what do i believe about this does that seem right does it feel right like you said earlier you mentioned about the feeling like if it doesn't feel right it generally isn't right there are some situations where because your feeling comes through your filters and your conditioning and your values that a situation might not feel right, but it is because of what you perceive someone to be. Okay. And you, you, you need to be able to connect to the feeling. Um, emotions are the, are the most underrated um, part of the human experience. We, we, we live in emotions and our quality of life is experienced by emotional states. So when you are giving things meaning that is spitting out an emotion that, 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 is, that is creating an emotional state. So in order to, in order to, you know, step into your own truth, say whatever, whatever that, that is, because we all have a different truth. There is one, one truth, but no one knows, knows what that is because we all have different filters. You got to start questioning stuff. You got to start asking yourself, do I believe this? Do I like this? Um, and then from that place of interrogation, you get original thought and you get new meaning and new ways of looking at it. And then you got to implement that and you got to stand by that and know that that is the truth and be willing to change that as well. Should you receive new information? Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I, I think that it's so powerful and I hope people listening can really embrace that and be able the key piece of what you just said is to stand in it. So just to relate to my own personal experience as an example, I've had to filter some humans out of my world and I've never been in that. I'm pretty laid back and I'm down with everyone. So it's hard for me to be like, we're not friends anymore or with family, put up boundaries. It's really, really hard. And they're kind of came to a point where it's like, well, shoot, I'm letting all these people and things go. It's, it seems like a lot, maybe it's me. Like I'm the one common denominator. And then I think you have to revert back to your strength and your truth and really understand that like, no, this is truthfully, truthfully out of alignment. And I think that's a constant check-in process because it does get hard because again, you're living outside of that conformity. So everything around you is telling you to go back to it, whether it's your ego and, and trying to keep you safe and, and keep you in the mix, or it's your family trying to get you to come like, You constantly have to check back into that truth base of yourself because the world or whatever will naturally, or you'll naturally want to be back to that conformative state. Is this, is this something that's gotten easier for you to live outside of conformity or kind of let go of family? Or is this something you have to check into and, and con- like, like continue to like sharpen the edge of that skill? It's got, it's got easier. And, and I'll tell you why it's got easier. It's got easier because when I'm living the way that I want to, cause I lived, 
I lived someone else's life for the last, I mean, for my entire life until probably the last four years, four, four, four or five years. When you start to live your life that you want to live, okay, your way, you create joy. You experience joy in the mundane. You don't need to go and experience something like a skydive or bungee jump or a top five-star hotel or a, an island holiday or go to Hawaii or, or go to the Maldives or go, you experience joy in the mundane. Now, that is for me the most important part of life. So my first value is truth and then to, to have fun. And joy, joy is joy needs to be your North Star. And we come into this world as babies experiencing joy. Okay. And a baby only cries when it's hungry or when it's 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 um wet itself. Um or if it's or or if it's got gas. Otherwise, that thing is looking at every single thing and they're smiling and they're laughing and they're giggling. And and we've lost that as adults because we get conditioned and we get programmed into certain ways we should be. You know, a child doesn't care what you think of it. A child doesn't care what you think of his tummy. A child doesn't care what you think of his nails or you know if he has a spot on his face. Like he doesn't care about that. And 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 we get programmed to, to try fit in and get it and and gain approval from people. So what we need to do is remember that 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 joy is the highest vibration. Joy is the highest um, goal that you're trying to achieve in life. If, if you could experience joy every single day, and you can have joy every single day in in the mundane, you're nailing it. And and that's why it's got easier for me because I don't believe conformity um, has any upside. I think people need to be individuals and they need to own their individuality. I truly believe that mental illness is a symptom of conformity. I that, that might even be the title of our podcast. I think that is exactly what it is. I mean, it's uh, to me, it's like an addiction. Like we get pulled back into it and it's so socially acceptable that everyone's doing it. So it's that slippery slope. So, okay, this is the perfect transition into um, everyone needs to be individuals. The anomaly architect. Tell me how uh, each of us are. I, I This is a Chanel painting, but I always say this is like the inside of my brain as a joke, but it's kind of close, just colors and, <laughs> and designer stuff. But it's, we are, people forget how important important it is to be that individual and our little idiosyncrasies that make us us i mean it's each person as themselves and you strip down all the conformed situations and conditioning people are really fascinating tell me how you got into this anomaly architect what that means and and tell me about the practice right now okay so 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 obviously i went through my own mental health crisis issue whatever you want to call it and and in then um exploring my own mind and understanding what I'd done in my life and 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 how the mental health industry had served me, I I didn't see a place or I didn't see any mental health um, treatment that could help these 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 anomalies. So essentially, an anomaly is someone who's a who's an outlier, who who's like, like, like you know the mad or the crazy um, and they've been labeled that by society because they've got different ideas and they're not conforming to a specific thing. They've think about an Elon Musk. Okay. I mean, he's the like, most extreme example, but in every single organization, company, family, school, there is an anomaly, someone that is pushing boundaries, testing new things. These people generally are very like, can be very lonely. 
because they don't know who to speak to. Most of my clients, they can't even speak to their wives or their husbands about their ideas they have because it's too crazy for them. So these people I, 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 I saw were dumbing down their genius, dumbing down their abilities, not sharing with the world, not sharing with their shareholders, not sharing with their colleagues, not sharing with their wives or their partners, nothing. So, and, and in so doing, they, they, they uh, succumb to this mediocrity of and conforming into mediocrity like just going along with life and existing and being boring and you know um yeah life's good you know i, got, I do this it's fun i've got a cool company you know and and these people then eventually would would either end up in some form of uh, depression anxiety um you know distraction whatever that may be overworking um uh, you know um, addiction or like using um numbing essentially not addiction but numbing drinking and and I wanted, and these people have brilliant minds. And, and, and the truth is everyone has a brilliant mind. So my whole thing is that I'm trying to, I'm going to change for, I'm working with these anomalies to be the architect of the one thing they're missing, which is mental prowess, mental and emotional prowess. They've done it all, intelligence, they've got all the businesses, they've done it, but their life is empty because they don't understand their mind. And when you understand how the mind works and how we construct construct the our entire reality inside our minds, it's a very important thing to, to learn about your thoughts and your emotions and your consciousness. And I take them from an unconscious place to a conscious place. So I build up their minds. I build up their thoughts. I build up their, their emotions. I, I help them not react. Like my biggest thing is there's zero reaction. It is just a response. Because when you react, you're unconscious. And we may react to something like, say, you, I don't know, say, say um, you shout at someone because they did something that you didn't like, okay? Um, and you snap, right? And then in that moment, you go on a bit and you know that you've done something wrong. You've gone unconscious. You don't know it yet. But then two minutes later, you go, oh, shit, I got angry. Oh, God. Right? And then what happens? You go, you get guilty. So you go unconscious again, okay? So it's just about, oh, yeah, I shouted at someone. Okay, cool. Let me own that. I apologize. Cool. But... When you move from unconscious to conscious, you 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 unlock this mental prowess, which is the embodiment of a sovereign mind, which is individuality. So I help them become these individuals and stand in their truth and help them actualize what they want to achieve. So that's what the anomaly architect does. And without any worry, what everyone thinks of them, because they know that their dream is bigger and is going to create more joy for the world than what someone thinks of their crazy idea. Yes. Uh, the world is so ready for you right now. I think we are right on time, not only because we're seeing this huge conversation develop around mental health, but generationally, we see our young humans questioning a better way earlier. I talk about this a lot on Tumor and Tequila, where they're coming in and they don't want to work 80 hours a week like their parents. They don't care about a Bentley with spinning rims or whatever. They might want those things, but they want their freedom. They want to, they care that their employee employer cares about them or they just want to explore some of these ideas. I think they're less subject to conformity than perhaps we were in our generation. And mm -hmm. I absolutely still think conformity happens, but I think they're more open to your conversation than we ever have before. I do think I'm assuming there's like a price point with that. Like maybe an 18 year old can't afford this kind of coaching or therapy, but at least they're set up with their mindset earlier. So then at maybe 35 instead of 45, they're approaching somebody like you to, to further harness their individuality and, um, and kind of gain and further 
distribute that skill set through whatever their purpose is or their individuality is. Um, do you have like what is your your clients right now? Are they is it older people? Is it younger people? Is it wealthy people? Like I'm curious as to who's seeking you out or how they're finding you. So 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 my clientele. I mean, they they all these anomalies but let me tell you a secret every single human being is an anomaly if they choose to be okay and if you'd remove all the masks if you remove all the condition of programming people can people people can step out and create what they want to create but but my clients right now so so what i'm doing is i'm trying to have have a massive impact by working with people who have influence um within within the, the the most high pressure industries in the world. I mean, ages range from 30 to, you know, 65 years old. And, and these, these people have influence. And once they unlock their own mental and emotional prowess, they start to filter down into their organization. And I had a client who, who, who I worked with and he had a team of, I think six or seven people, maybe eight. And his entire team was struggling with mental health issues before I worked with him. And after I worked with him, his entire team is no longer struggling with mental health issues. Um, and that's the sort of impact. And then those people go to their families and they, and they, and their families. So it's this top down, up down sort of approach that I'm working with now, because to come in with what I'm saying at a lower level, people, you know, they're going to be like, this guy's a bit crazy. Um, but when I get to the people who, who have this influence and they're thinking a bit differently, they, they are willing to try these new things and it works. It works. It works so well when you just remove yourself from this and you own your individuality, there's no group without a strong individual. So that's my whole thing. And my whole thing is, we are going through a massive shift in consciousness right now. The world, everyone thinks this is a terrible thing and yeah, yeah, it's terrible, whatever, but like you can choose to be in it and be a victim of it, or you can choose to be a creator in this space. And when, when, when there are these massive things in history, when they change like world wars and that there's a shift in consciousness and there's a shift in consciousness right now. And the world is changing. It's never going back to the way it was. And you who thinks it's going back to where it was, they are, they are in a massive illusion. We are moving forward into a whole new realm, and there's 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 people that are create that, that who are becoming more conscious, and people who are becoming less conscious, and that's just polarities in the world. So you, what 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 my role is is increasing the consciousness of people who can have massive influence um, within the within the organizations. Because my my goal, I mean, this is a this is my this is my like my like vision is to change the education system to get this mental and emotional prowess into, into the education system. So children are programmed and conditioned to believe in their sovereignty and in their power to make change where they want to make change and to not sit in a situation that they don't like. And and that would be my so so essentially finding these people and i and ironically all these clients of mine want to create um charities within education so this is where i'm going with this in a in a, in a bigger vision and and i will create it i will do it mm -hmm. um 
I don't, I don't want to water this down, but to me, I'm so passionate what I do because I've been a lot of it's around key community voices, influencers, pe people of power, because we don't, we, that's the, the business branding of that situation. But really it's like a coach coaching kids, your parents, they're, they're kind of the lead in, in your family community. Like that third party endorsement, when you get the leader to understand and the way they can reverberate and that ripple effect goes out into their world is extraordinarily powerful. And that's why I started this, this podcast to start telling the truth, because I was working with companies where their truth didn't align with mine. So we couldn't work with them anymore. But more than yeah. that, I saw how branding and marketing was creating the realities of our young humans they're digesting all this social yes. media and all this bs and filters and it's and it's an it's an attain it's an unattainable goal because it's smoke and mirrors so when yes. you talk about the reverberation it, i mean it quite literally is influencer marketing and what what they're doing so it's a casual branded take on what has always been around like a formal word of mouth like that power and that endorsement is so so powerful that we need i, I will say people like us that are responsible and conscious moving that forward and that opportunity to influence people in the right way. And most people don't understand that yet, but I really do have faith in our young people that they get it and they're reading labels and they're, they're questioning that better way earlier. And they'll find conversations like these and they'll seek out that, that higher consciousness naturally. So I, I really, I'm with you that, you know, we're going in one to two directions, but I, I really do have so much faith in our young people. And I love that you're talking about gracefully disrupting, I'll say our school system, because I talk about that with nutrition, you know, health and wellness relationships, economics, like we need to disrupt our school system. So our kiddos are really given the tools to not just survive, but really thrive in life. So we don't have, you know, suicides at 16 and all these like really heavy conversations that are happening so much earlier. Um, when you're when you're working with influencers and, and your business grows, do you have like any sort of strategic plan, like or partners or anything where you can get to our younger people faster? I don't have any strategic partners right now with with regards to getting to younger people faster. Um, uh, and and I I think it's a it's a great way to to get into children. And at the same time, what you said there is that it needs to be a systemic change the education system needs to change the economic system is everything's everything's changing right now people must understand like everything is changing the systems are changing so once we change it systemically um with people that are that, who are who who want good for the world right and those people so there are people with money who want good in the world money is not a bad thing mm -hmm. and when you work with those people who can influence that through their power for good, that's when you get, and there, and there are thousands of people, thousands, probably millions of people that can do that. So um, yeah, we need to change the systems. Yes. Well, I'm a big believer and I want to highlight this. Within 10 months, you had your turnaround to where now you're fully thriving in your business. And I think a lot of people look at that and be like, oh, that's really quick to have, you know, this full 180. We're on the flip side. I, again, I'm spiritual and I believe that when things are in alignment, the universe works with speed. Like it's fast, it's quick. And I think people that, you know, that they, they get married really quick or they change job. Like I think things can happen fast. And if it's happening fast, I always think that's such a phenomenal sign that you are in alignment and universe will provide. So I asked about the strategic partnerships strategically so because I think you can do all the things but most importantly it's about showing up and if you get your energy right and you are in alignment things will come to you and a lot of my clients don't want to hear that they want to know strategy and like hard numbers and how do we quantify this and it's like okay I'll, I'll figure that I'll put it on a paper but really I wholeheartedly believe that you once you're channeling that energy and you're in your space 
it will come. Have you seen things kind of come to you? Obviously you're smart, educated, and you've, you've run, you know, corporate laps, you've got all this experience, but have things now just kind of come now that you're in alignment? Yes. And the, the truth behind that is that you need both. You need the strategy, but, but without the alignment strategy won't work right. without the strategy, the alignment will work, will work. You'll, you'll get stuff in, but you won't excel as much as you can, but strategy and no, and no alignment, nothing's going to happen. That's why you see thousands of people. I mean, you in the branding and marketing world as, as well, like these guys promising all this thing, all these, all these ads on Facebook and Instagram, like you got to do just these three steps to get, you know, this would have uh, no, to, to have a 10 K month or to get a thousand more followers. Um, and, and it just doesn't work because it worked for that person because that person was in alignment with what they were doing and you can't, you can't just copy paste. And that's the problem. People try to mimic each other. Um, alignment, alignment happens when you are honest with yourself and, and, and you'll feel it. It's, it's congruence that's in your body. You'll feel it. And so when you say something, your body will, your, your body will show it. So say, so say you say to, I mean, this is the funny example. So say my wife comes to me and she goes to me, do you like my dress? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, you can tell I don't like the dress. So why don't you just say the truth? And that's the congruence. So when you speaking about your business or you doing something in your business, or you're doing something in life and a relationship in your career with your health, is it in alignment with you? And you'll feel it. And when you feel it, it's like it's this, this inner guidance GPS system that people don't even use. But when you start to listen to your emotions and feelings, again, there's a caveat here, not always, because there is some conditioning that you need to check and make sure that that, that event is not being filtered through that conditioning. But generally, when you feel good about the decision that you're making in, in life, listen to your emotions. And when it doesn't feel good, you know, uh, check it. And yeah, I mean, I, I was blown away with the speed at which I did it. And when I started to learn and understand about, I mean, I've gone so deep into quantum physics and it's not really woo-woo. The stuff right, people call right. woo-woo, it's not woo-woo, it's quantum physics. Right. And that's another thing that's, it's, it's, it's the most researched science about emotions and frequency, um, more, than, more so than Newtonian physics, but it's not in schools because it empowers people. And this is the thing that, so when you, alignment works because it's it's quantum physics and they're proving this over and over again there's there's so many i mean it started before einstein sudden i don't i don't know what, i thought it was, i think it started early 1900s but einstein then took it forward and max planck and then i've got guys like joe spencer and nasim haraman who are who are all pioneers in in making quantum physics very simple so it's not woo woo this stuff this stuff is real it's real as anything yeah well, I mean, quite simply, I always say energy can't be created or destroyed. So if you don't believe in the woo, um, I, I kind of like the woo, but I'm with you. It is. It's it's, it's science and yeah. it's proved. Um, it's there. And I always just say, look at a lighter tech test. Like they can measure the way you feel about something and if you're lying. So even if it's not fully digestible for my non-woo lovers, um, you can lean heavy into the science. <laughs> it quite literally is. It's right there. Um well, I want to be conscious of our time and we can go on. I absolutely love what you're doing. Do you have, I think people listening to this, I just have this gut feeling they're, they're going to be like, I identify with this. Like I identify with me not fitting in or me always doing something different. I think that tends to be my turmeric and tequila audience because that's how I am. Um, if they're in a pivot or they're in life, like I've even had to recently lean into this where I've been doing my own thing. My 18 year old self was clear on where, you know, we're just doing what I want to do. And it wasn't like this huge conversation on conversion. But as I've gotten older, it's, I kind of check back in and I'm better. Like, no, stay your course, stay with it. If there's somebody out there that's 
kind of questioning a better way right now. They want to get out of their career. They want to make a move. What is your advice around a really good step one to make that change and start living in their truth? Start listening to your heart. I think we live in our minds so often. And um, I mean, even, even that answer, just, I just that's the first thing that popped in my head. So I said that. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And this is what we got to go with. And like, listen to your heart. We, we, and, and what I mean by that is actually spend time with your heart. Like, like sit down for five minutes in the morning, five minutes, not meditating. If you don't want to meditate, whatever that is, just, just sit with yourself for five minutes and just be with your heart because your heart has got 40,000 neurites, which are brain cells essentially in your heart. And your heart sends more, more, more information to your brain than your brain does to your heart. The only organ in the body. So be with yourself and ask yourself questions. Self-inquiry is the key. Ask yourself the questions. What would happen if I continue to do this? What won't happen if I continue to, to do this? And write that and write the answers down and then, then, and then assess and feel. But interrogation and feeling, those two things, I think. Honesty. I love it. I perhaps our brains are from the same island or star or whatever because everything I always say follow your heart and I usually say it like jokingly like if they're like I want these chips or those chips I'm like follow your heart but I really do mean it. It's like just do what you want to do because it'll streamline so much process if you just follow your truth versus like try and do all these other things. And I only say that because I've taken like the hard path so many times and it's like oh I should have just did what I wanted to do from the get go. But I'll, you know. I'll tell you one 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 more 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 thing that is that is super powerful and something that I'm or researching, but I, but I know new, new research, but the truth always speeds up time. When you're honest with yourself, you create time. People complain about being busy the whole time. It's because they're lying to themselves every single day of their lives. The truth speeds up time. When you're honest with yourself, you find solutions. You don't worry about problem investigation. You just, comp you just find the truth and, oh, that's, I did that. Okay, cool. Move on. Let's find a solution. Accept awareness, acceptance, choice. The truth speeds up time every single time. I love it. How long, you said of curiosity, are you working with someone? Is it like six sessions or six weeks or is it all dependent on what their goals are? Yeah, so so generally what happens is I'll work with the client for a month um, first to sort of um, uh, do their entire or like connect with them at a deep, deep level. And then if we're a good fit during that month, then there'll be a three month container or a six month container. It's very flexible though. It completely depends on the client, not like one product for, 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 for every single one, because everyone is different and there's no one solution fits all, but generally it's like a one month container before I take them in for any longer. Um, and then if they need two sessions a, uh, a, a month or they need um, four sessions a month. And then my higher end clients, they'll get access to me via uh, WhatsApp and phone calls when they need me. Um, so yeah, it's, it's very, very flexible. It depends. Depending That's on what the client needs. I love that. Um, and I got to say, when you are in alignment, it's pretty beautiful how much you can serve the world, but how much the world serves you. And my shallow end example of that is like when I, I was a, a great lacrosse player, played D1 lacrosse, but I was actually a better lacrosse player once I graduated and I started coaching and coaching made me such a better player. Do you think now that you get a coach and lead that it's made you more dialed in of a human or a more varsity level human um, now that you've got to be able to be in your truth, live it and then serve the world? Yes, because I have to live in, live in integrity. So what I coach, I have to live. Um, and, and I love it because every single day I'm learning about myself. And I think that the greatest gift you can give to yourself is to learn about yourself and to, and, and to remove all these shackles of limitation and 
conditioning and programming that are keeping you small. So, 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 so yeah, I push boundaries and I, and I, and I have to live what I tell my clients. I can't not do it. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't, because I mean, then you're out of integrity and there's no point coaching. So I think any good coach worth their salt is living what they are teaching and, and, and leading with. So I like to, to, to lead before I coach anything, I'm doing it before I even coach it because I need a lead and I'm not, I'm not trying to look at what other people are doing. I'm just leading and they then will see me. And in, in that, in that, in that moment on the call, they'll feel it and they'll be, they'll be happy to do that or try that because they, they, they can feel that I'm doing it too. It's not just a, you know, do this technique or this tool because that shit doesn't work for the time that, I, that you're in the room, you know? Yes. What a beautiful process. Like how it all circulates and feeds everything and everything around you. And you, we, we all reverberate uh, positive energy then. I do have to ask you one more question because it just came to me and we're talking about kiddos. Um, you, you kind of spoke that, you know, you had your conversation around I, your mom and your family. I think all of us can blame our parents for so many things. And again, you got to get out of victim mentality and take your onus on things, especially as you get an adult. We can't be blaming our childhood fully forever. Um, how are you going to raise your kiddos different? I know this could be a whole podcast in itself, but I'm really curious since you are so dialed and aware with all these tools, like, are you going to be hitting them at zero years old of like mental prowess? Like, how do you, like, how are you going to like infiltrate their world casually? I want to say. I'm going to empower them to make their own choices and to, and to decide what they want to do. Because I think that when the way that I was brought up and not just from, from, family, even though they were doing the best they, they, they were with the resources that, with the resources that they had available, they wanted the best for me, but the system was set up to force you into boxes. Everyone must be good at maths and science, you know, and, and accounting, and then, you know, go into corporate and it's all shit. No, no. For me, it's going to be like, okay, what do you want to do? Okay. With guidance, obviously, but empower them to have their own original thoughts. That's all, that's all, that's all I'll do It's like, what are you thinking? Why are you thinking that? What are you feeling? Why are you feeling that? It's okay to feel that. I also empower them to feel the feelings that they have because young boys and young girls suppress their emotions and it, it ends up in trauma later on. And this this heap of just of, of just emotional turmoil in their lives. So for my children, um, I'm actually quite excited to have children. Probably hopefully we'll probably try try and have kids in the next sort of two years. Okay. So I'm quite excited by that. But it'll definitely be it'll definitely be the original thoughts and empowering them to think for themselves and not to outsource their thinking, even to me. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Dude, you're right on time. You know, I, I really can't wait to see how this progresses in the ripple effect. Um to your immediate surroundings and see how it grows. I just, I know that the world needs this. I know you know that obviously, but uh, it's so beautiful to see humans in alignment and with like a really original take. And yet it's kind of been there all along uh, and, and the world. So, I mean, you couldn't be more on time. So there's just something, you, I believe in larger order and bigger things. As, as we talked about, you got to show up, you got to be intentional and universe God Madonna is out there and like putting things in, in play. And then you just got to show up and you got to let the light shine. So I'm pumped to see what happens next and where you go and, and how this evolves. Um, where do, where do people find you? Hit me with websites, Instagrams, anything you want to share. <laughs> so, so my website is still not um, up. I'm busy working on some new branding, but you can get me at my email address, which is hi, H-I at TroyMcTeer.com, T-R-O-Y-M-C-T-E-E-R.com or on Instagram, which is at TroyMcTeer, um, Instagram or LinkedIn, the same thing, and Facebook, all same thing, TroyMcTeer. Instagram is probably the best or LinkedIn. 
perfect. If you're questioning a better way and uh, any of this resonates with you, which I think it will, because if you're listening, you're probably like me. And uh, this speaks to my heart on so many levels. So check out what Troy has going on. I think it's very trend setting and cutting edge. And yet, if, if you get it, you get it. So check out what he has going on if you're looking to get into alignment and get to the next level. Troy, anything else we need to know um, about you, what's coming up or anything like that? Uh, me what's coming up no i'm just going to be getting on as many podcasts as i can to share my message and um uh, you know help try or not try i will empower people to think for themselves own that own the truth about themselves and take personal responsibility the first thing is personal responsibility for everything in your life and get honest and get honest with yourself because the truth will speed up time Boom. There you go. Well, Troy, I certainly appreciate you. And as I said, I can't wait to see what happens next. Please take care of yourself and absolutely keep in touch. Thank you so much. It was so nice chatting to you. Lots of love. Thank you. Thank you, Troy. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.